This is Law of Attraction Explored. I'm your host, Tim Grimes. If you've been liking this show, then I suggest you take a look at my new book, The Law of Attraction Simplified, because that book really goes into a lot of detail about what we're talking about in all these episodes, and it gives a contextual framework that will deepen your understanding of everything we're discussing. You can find The Law of Attraction Simplified on Amazon, as well as all my other books. And for more information or to ask me a question, you can visit RadicalCounselor.com. Enjoy the episode. Some of you are not going to like this, but I thought we would continue on from the previous episode where I was discussing the practical importance, or the usefulness, I should say, of separating spirituality and spiritual practice into two different things. One being this deep spiritual truth, which is basically ineffable and unexplainable, and the other being this practical-based, almost results-based, improving oneself, self-improvement type of spirituality, which I consider the law of attraction to generally be. So to simplify it, the first is unexplainable and won't necessarily improve your life at all. The second is somewhat explainable, somewhat explainable, and is much more practical and will improve your life almost undoubtedly. So they're two very different things. And there's obvious intersections. It's not like this is a black and white thing. It's very gray a lot of the time, but generally speaking, I think it's helpful to divide spirituality into these two groups. And I gave that uh, Byron Katie quote last time, and I just couldn't help myself. I want to just quote a little bit more from A Thousand Names for Joy, uh, because as I said, it is probably my favorite book of all time. And there's so much depth in it, spiritual depth, that it really uh, is worth checking out. And what's interesting is, you know, I've discovered this book and read this book several years before I ever got into the law of attraction, like I'd say five or six years before I ever got into the law of attraction, I first read this book. And what's interesting and showing you kind of the vague gray area between this, you know, deep spirituality that's very hard to explain. And then this practical spirituality that's easier and more relevant to improving your life to show you the vagueness and gray area between the two, Katie actually uses, you know, some law of attraction terms, you know, like manifesting in this book. And it's interesting because I, you know, I used to read this book all the time, like every day or at least once a week I'd read a section from this book. And now I, it's, I don't go back to it that often these days. Um, but when I do, I always notice, oh, wow, like, she's actually using a lot of law of attraction terminology and um, it's just interesting to notice. So I thought I would give just a quick example of that. And um, the section I read last time was from the, the first chapter in the book. And this also is from the first chapter of the book, just to give you an idea of how freaking good this book is. Okay. I'm just quoting from like two pages. Um, there's just so much here. It's just an amazing book. So again, Something to keep in mind to repeat myself is just that Katie's coming from this like really deep place, really deep. Okay. So she wrote, not believing your own thoughts, you're free from the primal desire, the thought that reality should be different than it is. 
You realize the wordless, the unthinkable. You understand that any mystery is only what you yourself have created. In fact, there's no mystery. Everything is as clear as day. It's simple, because there really isn't anything. There's only the story appearing now, and not even that. In the end, mystery is equal to manifestations. You're just looking from a new perspective. The world is an optical illusion. It's just you, crazed and miserable, or you, delighted and at peace. In the end, desire is equal to free from desire. Desire is a gift. It's about noticing. Everything happens for you, not to you. It's hard to really even say anything after that, to even comment on that, because it's, uh, as I said, uh, this book just cuts right to it and leaves you kind of speechless. If it's, you know, if it hits you, and I'm not saying this book is for everybody, but for me, this, you know, Katie cuts right to the, the chase in this book. And it's interesting. She says, mystery is equal to manifestations. Mystery is equal to manifestations. In other words, you're creating the story. You're creating this manifestation for yourself. And none of it's real. She also writes, desire is a gift. It's about noticing. And one thing that's interesting, and I think one thing that many of us struggle with when it comes to law of attraction is that we're taught a lot of the time growing up that having desires and wanting a certain thing makes us selfish. You know, it's like if we desire something, there's something wrong with us because it's taking away from somebody else if we get that thing. If we get the job, it means someone else doesn't get the job. You know, if we get the candy, it means someone else doesn't get the candy. If we get the money or the partner, it means someone else doesn't get that. It's this idea. And in the law of attraction, we say, no, your desire is pure. Your desire is legit. What you feel you want is genuine and you should go for it. You should feel into that desire. You know, your desire is right. You know, and I think Katie's pointing at that a little bit in this short section of the book. But she's also saying your desire is just made up by you. You know, without you, there's no desire. Your desire is a story. And you might as well tell yourself a good story, a positive story, a happy story, a peaceful story, instead of a story about suffering and stress and how terrible you feel. What story are you telling yourself? And you're always free to tell yourself different stories. You have to tell yourself some story. You have to suggest something to yourself, like Kuei always talks about. So what are you suggesting to yourself? What story are you telling? What story are you believing? Because it's all made up anyway. But this idea that, you know, your desire is bad and that what you truly want, you know, not just some passing thing, but something that you clearly within yourself want, this idea, this story that it's bad for you to have it, I mean, that's just self-destructive if you think that way, if you feel that way. It's much more practical and life-affirming and good to appreciate your desire, to love your desire. To know that your desire is there for you, for you to have, for you to get. And I know that we all go about looking at these different teachings different ways. And what I just said about these two different types 
of spirituality is not going to ring true for all of you. You might not see it in such a way. And I think what I'm really trying to get at when I talk about it in this manner is just to understand that it's okay to have practical desires and to want to improve your life, that there's nothing wrong with you or egotistical about improving your life, and that if you have an improved life, I firmly believe that you're going to improve other people's lives as well. And that there's also nothing wrong with going deep, you know, and being at peace with the silence and the perfection of right now. And recognizing that, you know what, it is all just a story. And that when the story stops, I stop. My sense of self stops. And then what is there? And I not it's nothing that I can define. And that's all good too. And we can use all these different approaches and ideas and just be okay with all of it and feel better than perhaps we feel right now. See, I'm a holistic counselor. You know, I'm a holistic uh, teacher of this material. It's not about one way. It's about utilizing all ways that could possibly work for you and exploring them and being gentle with yourself so you can better understand yourself and better implement this stuff holistically into your life. And there's real magic there, you know? But the magic is often that there's no mystery like you thought there was. I know something else that Katie says. I think she might say it in this book. Otherwise, I've heard her say it other places. She says, my job is to take the mystery out of everything. I find that some law of attraction teachings, when they start talking about universal principles and God's will and all this different stuff, they make it seem very mysterious, too mysterious, and it can frighten us. And we don't need to be frightened. We can take the mystery out of everything. And when you do that, you recognize that everything's good and everything's God. And there's nothing you have to do. And there's a great, great relief in that. 